Welcome to Florida Matters. I'm Bradley George, and what a year it has been for sports fans in the Tampa Bay region. The Lightning won the Stanley Cup, the Rays made it to the World Series, the Toronto Raptors are in Tampa for the NBA season, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing in the Super Bowl at their home stadium. For the first time in NFL history, the Super Bowl will be a home game. Bucks face the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl 55 at Raymond James Stadium on February 7th. It's the fifth time Tampa has hosted the big game, but due to the pandemic, this one will be like no other. Raymond James Stadium can seat up to 66,000 fans, but the NFL has capped attendance at about 22,000. The league is giving tickets to 7,500 healthcare workers. Later on, we'll explore the economic impact of a scaled-back Super Bowl. But first, my colleague Steve Newborn spoke with Rob Higgins. He's executive director of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission and president and CEO of the Super Bowl host committee. So, Rob, the Bucks are in the Super Bowl, the big game, the first team to ever be in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. I mean, what does this mean for the area? Man, it is truly in- incredible. I mean, you you look at the history of the franchise um, and just how committed to that they've been to the community. You know, it starts at the top with the Glazer family and the front office and the, the coaches and the players were just so excited for all of them. I mean, truly historic uh, for it to be the first time a team has played in their home stadium uh, for the championship. and. You know, we're just so happy for them, elated uh, for, for them to be a, a part of this and naturally uh, being one step away from the Lombardi. So we're pumped, and all we can say is go Bucks. We've been cheering them on every step of the way uh, ever since I was born. Uh, I, I bled the creamsicle, and then I bled the, the red and pewter, and, and uh, we, won't, we won't stop. Um, you know, and just they're, they're such you know, great champions off the field, and, and we love for them to be, become champions on it. And what a year for Tampa Bay sports. I mean, really, we had the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. Rays made it all the way to the World Series. We have the Toronto Raptors here at Amelie Arena. And now the Super Bowl. I mean, this is more than a trifecta. It's whatever you call four in a row at the, at the racetrack, right? Yeah. I tell you, the Team Tampa Bay is is on a roll and uh, I just love seeing good things happen to good people. And, and all these franchises, you know, do so much in the community. And so to see, uh, you know, the success and, and all the happiness and everything that follows based off that is just, it's really rewarding. And, and naturally we couldn't be more excited for the fans. You know, I, I know it's been tough, being away and I know it's been tough not having as many people in the the stands or not having people in the stands but you see the excitement on social you see the pride in in everything that team Tampa Bay is accomplishing and it what a time to be in the absolute best place in the world to live work and play and watch sports Rob we have waited 12 years to host the big game and it's just our luck this happens in the middle of a once in a century pandemic. So how has the coronavirus changed the plans for the Super Bowl? Well, I don't think any of us could have ever imagined when we went on the clock down in Miami at Super Bowl 54 and the commissioner did the ceremonial handoff of the football and and uh, we really took the reins of it at that time. What a roller coaster it would be. Um, certainly a lot of twists and turns 
uh, throughout, but I'm just really proud of our partnership with the NFL. Um, you know, I don't think it's ever been stronger. They've been fantastic every step of the way and just awesome communicators and, and great, great partners. And then I'm really proud of our partners here uh, with Team Tampa Bay, you know, whether it's, you know, the local municipalities like the counties and the cities and then our convention and visitors bureaus like Visit Tampa Bay and Visit St. Pete Clearwater to our hotels and venues and all of our community ambassadors, nearly 8,000 community ambassadors. Despite all those twists and turns, nobody has really missed a beat. Certainly we had, you know, in-person site visits that switched to Zooms and we had familiarization trips that switched to FaceTime tours. I mean, you name it, uh, we pivoted and, and continued to stay right on track and uh, we feel good about where we're at. You know, we've got a little bit of time left as we come down the stretch, but um, we're, we're really excited with where we're at. In terms of timing, you know, I think there certainly will be naysayers out there that, uh, you know, that'll say, you know, that we had tough luck as, as part of it or it was bad timing. And from our standpoint, to be honest, the timing couldn't be any better. Uh, you know, this will be the most hotel visitor room nights our community has seen in nearly a year. This will be... Uh, more than double the airline passenger traffic that's happened on average in recent months. And so this is a, a shot in the arm when, when our community needs it most. And so we're excited with the timing. The glass is not half empty right now. It's three quarters full and, uh, and we're pumped for our hometown's fifth Super Bowl. How much of an impact do you expect to see? I mean, how many people are we expecting well, we don't ever get in the business of projecting economic impact before an event takes place. We really focus on indisputable factors like the ones I just referenced, specifically hotel visitation. You, know, you can't dispute whether or not somebody stays in a hotel room, how much that hotel room costs, how that cost compared to, compares to other periods of time, like the year prior or a different event. And so it gives us a really good gauge uh, when it comes to the return on investment when it, with, with these big events. And then the airline passenger traffic, same type of deal. You know if somebody travels here uh, and you know their seat uh, comes on in the inbound and then goes in the outbound, why they're here is pretty likely that they were spending money as well. And so we always immediately after the event do a full audit when it comes to that and we'll know exactly what, what took place. But again, we're excited with uh, the amount of folks uh, that'll come because of, you know, everything that our event is, our, our community has been through. You look at the tourism and hospitality industry over these last 11 months, they've been rocked. And so to have a Super Bowl coming right now is critical, but it's not just about the economic impact of the Super Bowl. It's about the social impact. And through our social legacy initiative, Forever 55, which is a $2 million joint partnership with the NFL, we are covering some really good ground when it comes to uh, helping make a difference in the community. And so we're thrilled with that. Every single day, there's something happening in the community because of this Super Bowl. And it's going to leave a lasting legacy in our community for generations to come. And we're, we're pumped about that. And then, you know, the media value of a Super Bowl, you know, being on this humongous stage and having, you know, tons of media that come in, cover the event. There's, there's um, people that'll be not only seeing it in person, but then all over the globe as well and seeing how far we've come as a community since that last time we hosted in 2009 and then where we're going as well. And we've been really strategic about 
our relationships with the media, making sure we arm them with the right information, making sure they know our community's story, what's new and different. And so that we give people a reason, you know, to, to make their next vacation here. We give them a reason to think about maybe relocating here. The Super Bowl is an unprecedented platform, and we're doing everything we can as a community to make sure that we leverage it. You know, this is going to be our fifth Super Bowl. I'm old enough to remember the first one, and it was a really big deal back then for a town that once built itself as America's next great city. Is it still that big of a deal? It's a, it's a huge deal. Uh, it, it really is. And the guy that helped get that first one, a guy by the name of Leonard Levy, who's one of my closest friends on the planet, 87 years young. I, I, I learned something from him every chance I get an opportunity to talk to him, which is almost on a weekly basis. And one of the biggest lessons that Leonard has taught us is uh, if an event loves you, uh, they're going to come back. You know, he has a quote that says, if they like you, they'll leave you. If they love you, they'll come back. The reason we have a fifth Super Bowl coming back is because they loved us through the first four. A lot of people don't remember, we actually weren't awarded this Super Bowl. LA was awarded this Super Bowl. And then as their stadium construction fell behind, the NFL needed to turn to a strong partner who could do things on a, on a shorter timetable than normal. And they turned to us. And that's because of Leonard's vision. That's because of so many different Team Tampa Bay's commitments over these years uh, to make sure that we really roll out the red carpet with these events. So to answer your question, it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal. And uh, every community in the country would want to be hosting this Super Bowl this year because of all those different impacts that it has. And to have it this year when we really need it is truly special. So, Rob, do we have any idea how many people are actually going to be able to see the game in person? I mean, is it invite only or can Joe Sixpack with a couple of grand burning a hole in his pocket get tickets for this? Well, they just announced uh, attendance here uh, and the, the figures that they shared were 14,500 in the bowl plus an additional 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers. And the, the, the vaccinated healthcare worker piece is one of the most special things our community has ever been involved with when it comes to these big events. I mean, you think about uh, what our healthcare heroes have been through in the last 11 months, uh, helping get our community and our country through this pandemic on the front lines um, to, to be able to, on the biggest stage that we ever will have, uh, celebrate them and welcome a group of them is incredible. And it, it's something that uh, they're, they're very deserving. Uh, and then you layer on top the opportunity to, to also create awareness around vaccine, vaccine um, usage, vaccinations uh, is just, it's, it's amazing. It's historic, monumental, and, and we're just really excited to be a part of it. And we're grateful to our good partners at, at Tampa General Hospital who have helped us uh, throughout the process behind the scenes, getting us organized from that standpoint. And then certainly the other, there's another five uh, medical systems locally that have continued to be a part of it too. And just, it, it's going to be so special come the night of February 7th to on this global stage, celebrate these heroes. 
We have all these healthcare workers in the stadium. That's that's a really great touch. I mean, what kind of penalties or enforcement will there be for fans that don't follow rules for masking or social distancing? Well, I, I think our good friends at the Tampa Sports Authority and certainly, you know, our our local municipalities have been really dialed into this. I think when you go back and look at uh, these recent Bucks games, you know, they've hosted an entire home slate uh, with fans this year. And so I think that that gave them a lot of great experience in making sure that, you know, we're communicating effectively on why everybody needs to do their part and making sure uh, that, that everybody is doing that. You know, the pandemic is not over uh, and it, it probably won't be over in the immediate future. So if we all can do our part, certainly we can get there a lot quicker, but it's gotta, it's gotta happen. And so I think everybody's really focused on that. I will tell you when it comes to a Super Bowl, you can only imagine there's, you know, thousands of decisions that have to be made on how things will work and, how events will come off. And there's been events that were in person that have been shifted to virtual because it was the right call. But out of those thousands of decisions, there's been one top priority when it comes to every single decision, and that's health and safety. And so health and safety is driving the way on everything, whether it's stadium capacity, whether it's what events are in person versus virtual, whether it's what events are outdoor versus indoor, you name it, that's the, uh, that's the top deciding factor when it comes to every single thing with Super Bowl 55. There's a lot of events planned for people who can't go to the game. I was at Julian Lane Riverfront Park recently, and I saw this big steel frame going up there. Tell us about the events that uh, the fans can expect to see there at the Super Bowl experience. Yeah, Super Bowl experience presented by Lowe's. It's going to be awesome. Uh, It really is a great fan festival. Um, It'll take place in Julian B. Lane Park, and then – It'll stretch really the entire river walk on the opposite side of the river from Armature Works to Curtis Hickson Park to uh, Technology Village right before you get to the convention center uh, to Sparkman Wharf. There's really going to be something for everybody. And it's an, it's an awesome opportunity to come down and create Super Bowl memories that will last a lifetime with your family. It's great. Three-mile river walk. You can spread out. It's outdoors. Naturally, we've promised great weather, knock on wood. Uh, but for the very first time, it's free. And, you know, our hats off to the NFL for, for making that decision and, and creating that opportunity for our community. Uh, we encourage fans to download the NFL OnePass app. You'll need that to get in. Um, there'll be great health and safety protocols in place. It is mandatory masks. Uh, there will be a health screening on entry. There's social distancing. We're limiting capacity in the parks. We'll have fan managers that'll be roaming to make sure everybody's doing their part. And, um, and again, it's just awesome. It's the, really the first fan festival that's taken place probably anywhere in the, in the world uh, since the pandemic started. So it's an opportunity as well for our community in conjunction with the NFL to show with the right health and safety protocols in place, uh, we can be able to have an opportunity for families to create memories, but again, do it in a really safe fashion. And we get to show off this beautiful new river walk, which wasn't around during the last Super Bowl too, right? Right, right. I mean, if you think about how far our community's come in these last 12 years, I mean, you wouldn't recognize this in the last five years, let alone 12. So people are going to be blown away. You know, the media that are making their first trip back, and you know, some of the fans as well. 
um, is just truly special. We when we hosted the college football playoff national championship in 2017, that gave us a great blueprint in terms of how to leverage the Riverwalk. That was the first event that you know major event where the Riverwalk had been completed. And then now Super Bowl experience really builds on that. So it even stretches it out further now that you have Armored Works and Sparkman Wharf. And it creates this unparalleled experience. And um, no offense to any of the other cities out there and, you know, uh, in the way that they've set up with Super Bowl experience in the past. But this is truly unique with our beautiful waterways and weather and everything else. Uh, this is, is a really uh, unique and unprecedented Super Bowl experience, and we can't wait for people to come out and check it out. Despite the pandemic and everything that comes with it, there are some silver clouds out there for Tampa Bay sports fans. Rob Higgins is head of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission and president of the Super Bowl host committee. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate you having us on. Enjoy all that the Super Bowl has to offer this year. That was Rob Higgins, CEO of the Super Bowl Host Committee and Executive Director of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. He spoke with WUSF's Steve Newborn. Coming up, what does the Super Bowl mean for the region's economy? I'm Bradley George. This is Florida Matters. You're listening to Florida Matters on WUSF 89.7. I'm Bradley George. This week we're talking Super Bowl 55. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Kansas City Chiefs face off at Raymond James Stadium February 7th. This is Tampa's fifth time hosting the Super Bowl, and the city has welcomed other major sporting events in recent years, like college basketball's Women's Final Four in 2019. Politicians and business boosters always talk about the economic impact. Chris Jones says the region's economy will see a boost from the Super Bowl, but because of the pandemic, it's likely to be smaller. He teaches economics at the University of South Florida, and we spoke over Zoom. First up, Chris, uh, we know fans are excited for this, but it's going to be a different Super Bowl. and The, the attendance is, is going to be much lower because of the, uh, how the COVID. What, what does that mean for, for local businesses in terms of uh, economic impact that they're going to see from this game? Well, before I get into the numbers, I, I have to say, being a longtime Tampa resident, having been here 17 out of the last 18 years, and absolutely loving Tampa sports, it is a wonderful time to be a Tampa sports fan. I gotta say that. Go Bucks. I hope that uh, they, they bring home the Lombardi Trophy for everybody in this region. It is going to be a bit interesting um, with respect to the uh, the economic impact from the um, from this particular Super Bowl. There are a few reasons why that's the case. First and foremost, obviously, with COVID, uh, you have issues related to both travel and attendance. In fact, the NFL has rules where um, the actual um, the team, of course, uh, you know, the Bucks don't have to travel. I believe the Chiefs aren't even coming in until the day before the game. Um, right. which is uh, you know, not typical. Last year's Super Bowl um, uh, had tremendous economic impact for South Florida. The length of stay for visitors to that Super Bowl um, was longer than uh, we'd previously seen. And actually, the economic impact numbers for, um, you know, again, the Southeast region, talking, you know, Miami-Dade, Broward, West Palm Beach markets, uh, in the aggregate, saw $572 million economic impact 
from the uh, from the Super Bowl, uh, you know, from tourist visitation, merchandise purchases. Of course, this was all pre-COVID and with a full stadium. What's interesting about the Super Bowl compared to other regular season and playoff games is you don't necessarily have a majority of fans of a given team they may they may take up some temporary rooting interest for the team but basically the super bowl is for the elite sports spender uh you know just the tickets alone can run in excess of $2000 and i'm sure on the secondary market there will be tickets sold well in excess of 5 right um, and we always hear about folks who um you know the people who who go to super bowls is just it's like <laughs> it's like a hobby for them they go to exactly. it regardless of the they team because they everyone. just want that experience right that's right that's right they they do and um, I mean, of course, you know, we're making history here in Tampa with the uh, with first time ever that um, the Super Bowl will be hosting its uh, in its home stadium, its home team. And so um, while that's a wonderful experience for everybody in this area. It also could have a little bit of a near term dampening effect on the economic impact to the region, to the community, simply because for those locals who are fortunate enough to go to the game and see uh, and see the Bucks and the Chiefs live, they're not necessarily going to be renting hotel rooms for several days or dining out for several days in restaurants or going to our malls. And, um, you know, there have been a number of economic impact studies done uh, with regards to sports teams and sports events that suggest that for all sports teams, while they are very much woven into the fabric of our civic pride and civic identity, that a lot of the spending that actually um, goes on with, uh, you know, again, a typical sporting event tends to be redirected money from residents in the community. Now, of course, any sort of championship and particularly the Super Bowl is very different and unique. But again, when you consider that you only have a third of the fans in the stands. Um, some percentage of those are going to be local. I know a lot of those tickets that are being given of the 7,500 are going to be given to local um, healthcare workers, or at least that's what I've heard on uh, sports talk radio. And so as a result, again, I wouldn't expect to see an impact, particularly when you factor in that the stadium, um, you know, again, w- even with all the camera crews, the, you know, the broadcast personnel that are going to be there, probably just about as many as you would have at any typical Super Bowl. But in terms of the, uh, you know, attending fans, you know, while some of the pregame event activities, I'm sure will be well attended by locals and, you know, appropriately socially distanced. The the reality of it is when you're talking about a third of the number of people in the stands it's not advanced mathematics to figure out you know we're not going to be looking at a 570 million dollar economic impact like uh, Miami and Southeast Florida had for Super Bowl 54. Well is it possible that this could end up being in, in some ways a money losing event because as you said it's not going to be a full stadium most people are going to be watching at home so there's not going to be that kind of that kind of game day revenue that you would see with a with a, a Super Bowl in pre-pandemic times? I don't think it will be. I think the impacts will be diminished, but and when I'm talking about diminished impact, we're really talking about short run. There is something unique, again, about this Super Bowl with the fact that 
this is the first time that a team from the host city, host stadium is going to actually be in the Super Bowl. And there's significant history, um, uh, you know, being created as a result of that. And one of the things I, I can see that hasn't been talked about a lot is at least locally, I think the merchandising for this particular game, in terms of shirts, hats, things of that nature, you know, any type of memorabilia that, um, you know, memorializes this event, particularly if the Buccaneers win, could actually go on for years, much longer than you would see in a typical Super Bowl setting. Again, because of the historic nature that if the Bucs win, they, you know, they defended their home turf. And, in the middle uh, of a pandemic, no less. In the middle of a pandemic, exactly. There's tremendous historical significance uh, with that. And I think as a result, there could be um, some considerable merchandising opportunities that could extend, again, years out past this particular Super Bowl. But yeah, we're going to suffer a little bit in terms of the losses to um, to our lodging economy, you know, our restaurants, just simply because we don't we won't have um, as many people here um, not only attending the game, but you know, at a typical Super Bowl, you get people who don't have tickets that will just hang out just to be there. And right. there, will prob- there will probably be fewer of those individuals as well. Interestingly, when Tampa last um, held the Super Bowl, it was in 2009. You know, we were in the throes of the Great Recession, um, you know, pre-pandemic, obviously. That was the housing market collapse-driven um, recession. But the estimated economic impact to the Tampa Bay region for that Super Bowl was uh, roughly $140 million. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, $572 billion like Southeast Florida got last year. No, we're not going to see that here this year. What sort of uh, taxpayer money is being spent on, uh, on an event of this magnitude? The contributions, you know, from the um, from the stadium authority for events like this, they they typically run into the several millions of dollars. I think that, um, you know, again, given the nature of this particular event, I, you know, I don't see any scenario where the costs of putting this on are going to um, are going to exceed the revenue that's generated even at a stadium at a third capacity, because again, there's so much in the way of other, you know, support individuals, individuals responsible for putting the game on and putting it on broadcast uh, networks and airwaves that, um, you know, we're still going to have a, um, a recognizable economic impact and it would be greater than, uh, you know, any of the um, fiscal contributions that have been made to put this on. But, you know, again, we all know we're living in a challenging year and every sport is uh, suffering. Um, Major League Baseball, the NBA, um, the National Hockey League, they're all suffering in terms of revenue with regards to this. And this will probably be one of the lower uh, revenue generating Super Bowls in terms of direct and indirect economic impact. All right, Chris, I think that's it for my questions. Anything else you'd like to add? Go Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd be pulling for Tom Brady, but uh, <laughs> I never thought I'd be living through a pandemic either. But, you know, here we go. Anyway, th- thanks a lot. And um, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. That was economist Chris Jones, who teaches at the University of South Florida. And that's Florida Matters for this week. 
Our producer is Denora Prevost. If you missed part of the conversation or want to listen again, subscribe to the Florida Matters podcast or visit WUSFnews.org. I'm Bradley George. Thanks for listening.